How's it going everybody and welcome to episode 131 of Best in My Garden podcast. Now this week's episode is continuing the trend of the first episode of the last few months where in that first episode of the month I'll give you what to sow during the month and other gardening jobs that are relevant for that time. I think that's an important one because especially this time of the year, you know, we're into July, everybody's harvesting quite strongly at this stage. They probably have very, very little space to put in new crops and it's very easy at this stage to kind of drop off and not not do the sowing. And, you know, obviously people are going on holidays and whatnot. And it's if you are going on holidays, then there is no harm to leave it off for a week or two because you won't be there to mind your young seedlings. So leave it off. sow a few beforehand, make sure they're hardy enough and that somebody's able to keep an eye on them. And then when you get back, get sowing again. Um, but at this stage of the year, it's, as I say, everybody has their beds are typically full. They're harvesting quite strongly. There's probably some of the, you know, the big, the crops that take up a big amount of space, like potatoes, maybe in your onions or so on. They're maybe not harvested yet. And it's very, very easy to say, oh, God, I have no more space and don't sow. But then what happens is your potatoes come out and you have nothing to go back in there. So what we can sow during the, the month of July is going to be very, very important to what we can harvest, I suppose, through the end of August and particularly, you know, as we get into September, October, November, and even even right up until Christmas and January. So what we're going to sow for the next couple of months is basically going to mean that you're able to keep having some some form of crops right the way through. And people talk about successional sowing a lot and all the rest of it. And obviously, you know, your seeds that would be part of the successional sowing, we'll talk about those. But more importantly is to is to keep, you know, keep some crops in the pipeline all the time. As I said, this is the number one thing that people fall down in is that everything is full. All the beds are full. There's no space for anything else. We're into the summertime. And I suppose they start to think that there isn't that much opportunity to grow your own for the rest of the year. But there absolutely is. And it's at this back end of the year that you'll really appreciate your, your crops even more. Um, during this month as well, we're going to have, you know, your tomatoes are going to be har- getting harvested and so on. So your first, your first tomatoes are going to be coming ready and all of that sort of thing. So it's a very, July is a very exciting month, but as I say, it's very easy to kind of forget about the sowing and, and not do it. Uh, but it will, it will pay off if you can, if you can do it. Uh, and and keep sowing a few it'll definitely pay off all the way through to at least christmas if not into into january so what can we sow this month um there's actually still loads we can we can we can be sowing and i suppose to look at the typical ones that i've talked about previously in your successional sowing you can still do radish for me personally i've left radish off on the last two sowings because i had it on my first couple of early sowings and just got a little bit fed up of it um so i'll get it back on my next sowing uh using the same variety all the time it's french breakfast and we'll continue to use that one but i leave it off every couple of sowings because you just you get you get fed up of it a little bit two to watch out for at this stage of the year so spinach has been pretty much regularly uh, on every sowing that i've done at this stage of the year in the polytunnel Spinach will germinate quite quickly and you will get some harvest off it quite quickly. The downside at this time of the year is that it tends to run to seed very, very quickly in the, in the tunnel. You can still sow it outside. So if you're outside, that's fine. If you're in the tunnel, just know that you have that danger of it running to seed quite quickly. 
Um, so that's another one. Lettuce, obviously, on almost all the successional sowings that, that I do. Um, with lettuce, doesn't like it doesn't germinate at really high temperatures, which you can get at this time of the year. So if, if you are sowing it, just put it into a shaded spot so that it's not getting the full sun because, as I say, real high temperatures, it won't germinate. Once the, once the seed is actually germinated, it will grow perfectly fine, even in really warm conditions. But for that germination piece, it needs to be, um, you know, not too warm. So if you're getting these really warm, sunny days, either get it outside for the initial germination in the trays or get it in under your, in, in, in under a shaded area within your tunnel. They can still be sown outside, but inside, um, perfectly fine once you get that germination established. Then continuing with the kind of successional ones, you can still do your, your spinach, your lettuce, your radish, your scallions. Um, this month now will be the final sowing of beetroot, for example, and Milan purple top. You can also sow it at the moment and you'll probably get another sowing of those in. But those two, uh, the beetroot will probably be the last sowing of that. So you can sow that outside still. You'll get a good crop off that. You can also, I suppose, towards the end of the month uh, or maybe even, even into August, you would sow, you can sow inside again for, you know, a sort of a late crop. Then outside, um, you can continue to sow. And this will be the last sowing as well of carrots, for example. So you might not actually get, depending on the variety you're growing, you might not get a really big carrot when sowing at this time of year, but you will get, get carrots and you'll get a nice crop of, of sweet carrots by sowing at this time of year. So if you have the space, get those in. Thinking ahead then to the likes of, you'll have potatoes coming out in the next few weeks. If you haven't already, say sowed your, your leek seed, you can you can follow in behind potatoes with leeks uh, and they would give you a crop over a long period of time so you could sow lots of leeks and actually get them into the ground where the potatoes come out and you'll get a long harvest period out of those so kind of last chance on those as well but other things that you can be sowing um chinese cabbage pak chai and some of the sort of winter salad type pro- uh seeds you can be sowing those toward, towards the end of the month things like winter purslane lance lettuce mizuna any of those they can be sowed towards the end of the month and they'll fire for either in, inside in your polytunnel or outside and they'll give you some harvest i suppose up into the late autumn and you know if you're going out if you're going outside with them you'll be able to harvest there until you kind of get a good frost probably in october sometime but inside if you sow you quite a bit of that. You'll be able to harvest that for a good while. Now, you might do a second sowing of those in August as well, just to give you the extra longevity, maybe up to Christmas and after Christmas a little bit. Um, but they're, they can all be sown now, and it's time to be thinking about those now because they are the ones that will give you, you know, your winter crops and your winter leaves. You can also sow kale, for example. Um, kale, that'll be pretty much the last sowing of that as well. And cauliflower for the spring, so if you're you at the end uh, end of this month sowing your cauliflowers into modular trays, getting them outside in about six weeks' time, or even a bit later into the polytunnel when temperatures have dropped right down, and then you'll get harvest from them in early spring next year. Um, 
French beans, you can continue to sow either undercover or outside. You get a, you should get another crop off those. And what else have we got? French beans I mentioned. Oh yeah, Swedes. You can you can you can also get another crop in of those. So sow your Swedes or your turnips as we call them here, and you you should be able to get a crop off them, and that'll be a late crop as well. You know, so you're going to be again up to up to sort of November, December, January with those, and they're all good things to be sowing now that are going to give you, I suppose that veg fresh veg through the autumn it tends to be leafy with the exception of the beetroot maybe and and the last sowing of carrots it's nearly all leafy type um veg from that you're going to have at that time of the year but that's exactly what you'll be looking for hopefully you already have some carrots in the ground some parsnips in the ground and so on so you'll have those coming your potatoes hopefully you'll have harvested those and you'll still be eating out of those from from your stored potatoes and yeah that's there's still lots to be sown but don't don't um stop sowing keep at it and keep getting a few in sometimes you know you get you'll have recommendations don't sow this past a certain date but give it a go if you have the space and you have the seed and you're looking for something give it a go you might not get a massive crop out of it but you'll get something out of it so keep sowing keep sowing and that'll guarantee you'll have some bit of harvest all the way through other things to watch out for this month, I said it on last month's uh, episode, but blight is extremely prevalent now. Your potatoes are going to be, you know, they're going to have a full canopy of leaves up top. Should be in reasonably good flower at this stage, but they're very vulnerable because that growth is soft, number one. But also blight is quite present. We've had a relatively dry period, but with the warm temperatures and bits of moisture well today is the first day actually we've had decent rain in a good few weeks um, but generally you know conditions are a little bit blighty so just watch out for that and uh, if you are treating in whatever way you're treating keep on top of it probably at this stage of the year you're going to be doing it every every seven days and that's what you'll need to do i suppose to to keep it at bay if you do get blight uh, and if it's it's particularly if it's it's quite a lot, you need to get the leaves off as quickly as possible off those plants. Not let it get down into the into the potatoes. So if you get the if you get a small bit of blight, get the leaves off straight away, and hopefully that should allow that the potatoes themselves will be maybe a little bit small, but they'll be safe and not have not have blight on them, and they'll they'll be clean. They won't last as long, of course, because the skin and all that won't have fully formed up. But at least you should be able to get a bit of a harvest off them. So just watch out for that. Uh, again, I mentioned it last month, but birds on your fruit bushes. So your strawberries at this point in time will be almost almost finished or they'll be starting to f- they'll be finishing up in the next couple of weeks. But what's just about to start coming now, you should have black currants possibly nearly ready, gooseberries, red currants and all of that. And as I said last month, as eagerly as you're watching them to see when they come ripe, so are the birds. So just ensure that you get those covered down because literally on the first couple of days that they're ripe, they'll be wiped out and you'll be wondering where they're all gone. So as I say, you're not the only ones watching them. So definitely uh, keep an eye on that one. Speaking of strawberries, as they, and it's something that everyone does, I've done it myself, but as they start to finish up fruiting over the next week or two, they'll really start to put out the, the runners then and 
those runners are basically a long stem for anyone that doesn't know their long stem. The stem would probably come out about 12 inches before, before you'll see anything on it, but then there'll be a little leaf. And if that is making contact with the ground, which in nine times out of 10 it is, it'll start to root into the ground at that point. Now, from your perspective, if you are not looking to save the runners, then you should get in there and cut those off as they appear, because otherwise you'll just have an, a matted mess to get through either in the springtime or later on this year. So anytime you see a runner coming off, cut it off if you're not going to save them. And then that'll make your job a lot easier for the springtime. If you are saving them, then get a pot, dig it into the ground, uh, fill it with compost, moisten the compost, and then allow the, the new roots that are starting to actually root directly into the pot. And when they have rooted directly into the pot, you just snip it off at the pot. So then, so initially it still needs the mother plant to, I suppose, provide it with food and, 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 uh, moisture. But when it gets rooted in, it's able to do that for itself. So you put your pot into the ground, allow it, fill it with compost, dampen the compost, allow the roots to sit on it. And when it has rooted quite strongly into that pot, just snip it off. And there you have it, a new plant. If you have old strawberries that are, you know, three years old, maybe four years old, inevitably they'll start to dwindle and you'll start to get less of a crop off it, even though you, you may have had a reasonable crop this year, but they will start to reduce. So it is a good idea to actually start to save a couple of runners to freshen up the stock that you already have there and ultimately replace it over the next couple of years so that you always have strong, healthy stock. Because they do, you know, three or four years is kind of when it's really productive. Once you start getting into the fourth, fifth, sixth year, they they will produce, but they'll be just less and less productive and the fruits will be smaller. So if you're not at that stage, if they're still young crop, young plants and they're still producing really strongly take off all the runners and get rid of them so that you're not having a big job of of tidying it up next spring and if they are old ones then get those and get them saved and that'll allow you to rejuvenate your strawberry patch um other jobs to do obviously your tomatoes you as i said this month sometime you'll get you'll be starting to get your your uh, first fruits Mentioned it a good few times on the podcast, so keep keep tying it up, uh, which is wrapping it around the cord, breaking out the side shoots. According as you get a flower set and a fruit set, you can take off the bottom leaves below. Don't go too mad, just you know, reasonable to allow aeration um, and allow light in to, to ripen your fruit. Particularly, I see some people with a lot of a lot of tomatoes planted really really close together, and in that scenario, you're going to have you know, the light is going to be blocked out onto them. So they're not going to ripen as quickly. And also when you have that scenario, you get less air movement through and you do need air movement through where it's possible. And it's not always possible. Open your tunnels and you know, the, the end doors any vents that you have open all those. That's going to do things to couple of things. It's going to allow air movement through the house, which is going to re- reduce the disease pressure. And by disease, we're talking about blight, much like what we're talking about with the potatoes. Um, Grow them as dry as you possibly can. So I tend to dry them, grow them very dry. I water the ground and not the plant. So if I'm, if I am watering, it's directly onto the soil, whether that's in a pot or, or in the ground as I grow in. Uh, but I'm watering the soil and not the actual plant. So you want to keep the plants as dry as possible. Keep the air, air movement going through as much as possible. But the other thing that's going to happen when you're opening the vents is that you're allowing 
insects to come in, um, you know, some pollinators to come in, and they'll start moving around the house and hopefully pollinating your your plants, which you're going to need. If you're doing the the regular, which you need to be doing, the regular twisting around the twine, breaking off the side shoots, you're going to be creating a bit of movement and a bit of a shake on the tomato plants yourself. But just by leaving the doors open, you will allow pollinators to come through, which will be very beneficial. That's kind of your, I suppose, your your edible garden. The only other thing, thinking of the edible garden now is, yeah, you're going to be getting loads of harvest and enjoy all of those. But if you have a polytunnel or if you have quite a few herbs, they'll be grown very, very strongly at this stage, either inside or outside. And this is a perfect time to, I suppose, start to harvest those and get them dry. So if you're in a polytunnel, you can get your sage or your thyme or whatever, you know, whatever uh, herb it is that we're talking about. Um, harvest, clip off as much as you can, tie them up, hang them in your polytunnel or in your hot press or your conservatory or wherever it is, and allow them to fully dry out. Um, by allowing them to fully dry out at this time of the year, you know, when you're getting a lot of, a lot of sunshine, a lot of really warm hot days they'll dry out quite quickly and then of course you can uh, blend them uh, to make them into dried herbs that can be used all through the all through the winter months as we get later in the year you know particularly in a polytunnel you start to get a bit of moisture so they don't dry as well they actually start to go a little bit moldy so this is a really good month for getting them dried in the tunnel because you do have that that you know the high heat long days long long sunny days typically and that is what dries them out and dries them, takes almost all the moisture out of them. You can also use, I know a lot of people use dehydrators. At this stage of the year, you'll get away with just hanging them in the tunnel. But maybe as we get into the autumn, as moisture starts to build up again in your, in your greenhouse, you would definitely need to be using, at that stage, you'd need to be using a dehydrator. But that's another good thing to be doing at this time of the year. Um, I know for us here, we use quite a bit of herbs. And you, we always buy, you know, the little glass jars of them. And it's incredible how much you're actually paying for them. And there's so little in it, you'll use it so quickly. So definitely start to dry out your herbs at this time of the year. And then you'll have them for later on. Moving away from the edible garden then, um, grass is still growing extremely strong. Mulch, you can use that to mulch your beds where it suits. Uh, or continue to make your compost making your 50-50 green, green to brown. Um, the other thing that's probably going to be happening, you're going to, your roses are going to be in flower at this stage. And in order to make sure that they continue to flower for a long period of time, dehead them. So any, any flowers that have gone completely over, any leaves, stems that are looking like they're diseased, take those off and possibly give the area a mulch or a feed and that will i suppose make sure that your your roses will continue to flower over the next couple of months and you get you get a lot longer out of it keeping an eye for obviously diseases uh, pests and treat where required um the same goes for in terms of deadheading the same goes for your hanging baskets and your window boxes they're going to be flowering quite strongly now and it is important to dehead on those because you have a lot of flower, as I said on previous episodes, you have a lot of flower in a, in a small space and a lot of energy goes into a flower, but it remains when you, when you 
when it has when that flower has gone over the energy will still remain there so if you take off that you're encouraging it to put out new flower and that's what you need to be doing in order to keep the flowers coming for a long period of time and continue to feed afterwards as well a little bit like what you've done with the roses and you know that's a very important task over the next couple of months watch out for the likes of window boxes hanging baskets drying out Again, we said it previously, but if they dry out, they're very hard to wet back up again. So just little and often, you know, make it a daily or a every second day job and uh, not a big drench every couple of days, but just a small amount of water all of the time. And just keeping an eye and watching for, for any any signs that they're getting dry. You, you don't want to have a situation where they dry out and they look shabby because it te- it's very hard to get them back afterwards. So just keep on top of that and keep them looking well and then that will make it a lot easier for you going forward other jobs then are not jobs other things that we can be doing so at this time of the year it's a brilliant time of the year to take softwood cuttings um so softwood cuttings are basically things like so it's the soft growth of say for example a shrub that has has grown so it's a soft growth from from this year's growth and if you take that off now so examples of what, what you can take in them of it's hydrangea you can take hydrangea cuttings at this stage uh wigilia uh, philadelphus spireas any of those type you know generally generally they're deciduous shrubs as a as a rule of thumb and you can take softwood cuttings off most of them at this stage of the year and very simply you're on the the new growth this year's growth the soft growth hence the name softwood cuttings you cut it off a couple of inches is all you need maybe two or three inches remove the bottom leaves and stems from it and then if it's a big leaf plant like a hydrangea you'll probably have the leaves that are remaining on the top of it so you're, you're not getting too much transpiration from the cutting and the cutting doesn't dry out then you're going to mix you know compost with either perlite or potting grit so give a good aeration you're going to give it a good wet, dip it in rooting powder if you like, but you don't have to, and then stick it into the pot. And that will root quite quickly, you know, four, four to five weeks, you'll, you'll have rooting. And then you'll be able to move it on, pot it on, and eventually you'll have a new shrub, a, a exact replica of the one that you have. You can also, outside in your beds, you can use layering a little bit at this stage of the year. So if you have one of those shrubs, again, similar type ones to that, any of those shrubs that are, you know, putting on a lot of growth, again, deciduous, uh, scratch off a little bit of the bark on the stem, push it down to the to the ground. If the ground is a little bit um, loose, that would, would that would help as well. Pin it to the ground there, and that should root in into the ground, and that's layering. A little bit like what we were saying with the with the strawberry runners earlier on once it has rooted in and it's not needing the mother plant anymore you just snip it off and then pot it on or move it somewhere else and you're effectively creating a new plant in situ very similar to what you're doing with the strawberry runner um so that's another another thing that you can be doing at this time of the year pruning wise i see a hell of a lot of people actually cutting hedges for people listening in ireland that's as I mentioned before, that is technically against the law. Um, you're not supposed to cut hedges from, I think it's the 1st of March to 
the 1st of September in Ireland. Um, but a lot of people are cutting hedges at the moment. Obviously, a lot of hedges have put on that fresh spring growth. Um, and they start, I suppose, at this stage of the year to look a little bit untidy. And if you're looking for that tightly kept hedge look, they definitely won't have that in, in the month of July. They will look a little bit, little bit ragged or whatever. So I can understand people cutting it, but actually, you know, you're not supposed to suggest so watch that. Um, that choice is yours. The reason that it's not allowed is because of nesting birds. And I know a lot of people say, um, well, I checked and there is no birds there. That's probably okay in some cases, but it's not always because you don't always know that they're there. Um, they, they're trying to be in as secluded a spot as possible. So it may be a case that they're there and you just actually don't know it. It's also the, I suppose the, I won't say wilder, but the growthier it is at this time of the year, the more protection that young birds have. So if they're at a feeding table and they need to get away quickly, the more protection they have around hedges and things like that, the better this time of the year. But as I say, a lot of people cutting hedges, but it is technically not allowed at this time of the year. So just watch out for that. Um, and other than that, it's probably one of the months where you can actually enjoy the garden the most. It's typically one of the months, you know, June, July, August, uh, even though we've had poor weather all through June, not too many days where you could actually sit out in the garden and, you know, have your barbecue or have your food in the garden or even sit out for a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. It has, we haven't had that weather here in Ireland anyway, for sure. But typically during July and August, we do get that weather and, you know, it is a time where you can actually get to enjoy what you've been working on. Um, last week's episode I thought was really interesting. And, you know, I think it is important to actually be able to enjoy it, that it doesn't just become an endless, an endless task, an endless job. And it's you will never be completely finished. I thought that was a good one. You'll never be completely finished. But I suppose to get satisfaction from it and to take these moments of Moments of joy from your garden, I suppose that's that's the key. Um, but definitely, as I start to finish off here, this is a relatively short episode. As I start to finish off, from the the veg garden perspective, continue to sow. Um, don't miss that opportunity to have crops through the back end of the year. It's the as I say, it's the one time that people actually stop, and you're really losing out on easy wins for the end of the year because you have the space or you will have the space once your current crops come out. So why not fill it and why not get more harvest through the back end of the year? So just keep an eye on that. Keep sowing your seeds. Obviously not everything, but the ones we've mentioned at the start of the episode. And you will, as I say, be able to have crops towards the back end of the year. So that's, um, as I say, a really short episode this week. Hopefully it helps because, yeah, there are, you know, definitely that's, there are some things there that people kind of stop doing at this time of the year, which is understandable. It's holiday time and all the rest of it. And uh, everyone you know, moves away or people move away a little bit from the gardening. But if you can do those few small tasks in terms of sowing seed and that, you'll, you'll, you'll reap the benefits later in the year. So that's been this week's quite short episode, I know, but uh, I think useful nonetheless. And definitely there's some stuff in there for everyone. So thanks for listening. And I'll tell you next time. Happy gardening.